Praise the Lord, saints. Amen. God is good all the time. Amen. He woke us up this morning. Hallelujah. He gave us the privilege to be in his presence once again. Amen. Let's just worship him. Amen. Holy Spirit, the Lord
Thank you, Lord. church this morning is beautiful out. Amen. Although it wasn't that far, but, <laughs> but I enjoyed every every second, every minute of that. Yeah. It sure does something for, for the soul, you know. Yeah. You got that little time span of walking and you know, you think about what God did in his time when, when yeah. he was ministering here on earth, how he walked all these places. Yeah. You know. It, you know a lot of thinking, you know. Mm -hmm. you, you think about a lot of things and as you walk and you realize things, you know. You're actually, you know, Jesus is, you know, ministering to you at the time, you know. It's like, wow, you need to do more walking, you know. <laughs> I mean, especially like that, you know. Amen. It's just you and him, you know. Yep. So, I see that, you know, as a blessing. And I'm thankful for that. Amen. Yep. Amen. You want to see how real God is? Just go outside and look around. Amen. Yes. See all His creation. Hallelujah. I am the Lord, and I have heard Thy voice, and it. Oh, but I long to rise 
Describe it, but it's almost as Jesus. it's like walking into a a cool mist, yeah. Amen. a thick cool mist. Thank you. Amen. Thank, Thank you, everybody that came and labored yesterday for on the garden. Amen. Got a lot of work done, and <laughs> Amen. The ground was literally shaking out back. <laughs> Amen. Uh, I was noticing those brethren pushing around that, that tiller that was called the earthquake. <laughs> the ground was literally shaking. I walked up to uh, Joel, Jojo, and I said, Jojo, are you causing an earthquake? He looked up at me and smiled, and I said, man... But God bless our harvest this year. Yes. God bless our bountiful harvest. Bless it, Lord. Yes. Of course, it's always it's going to take our attention as we go along to help out to go out there and do what we can to cultivate and Amen. take care of it. So just remind, remember that. Yes. Those of you that want to help, come and help. Hook up with Sister uh, Dina, and she'll let you know what needs to be done. And just learn how to be a good 
husbandmen yeah, that's right. and a good husband woman. Amen. <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> I don't know if there's such a phrase, but I just... But uh, praise the Lord. Uh, let's remember, tentatively, we have set up the dates. This is... Amen. We're in April already. It's hard to believe, isn't it? My, my, my. So tentatively, next Sunday, which we will probably, I don't see nothing uh, standing in our way, but next Sunday, of course, is resurrection morning. Or the day after resurrection. We will have the Lord's Supper in the first, in the, in the morning service, just the Lord's Supper, foot washing. Then the afternoon service will have a worship service, sir. So next Sunday, so be advised, that's the 17th, if that's right, on the calendar. I'm making sure I have the right calendar. 17th, don't forget our uh, lunch sale this week in Wagner on the 14th. So uh, we'll be out there in Wagner. Uh, in a sense, we're spreading good news, but we'll be <coughs> spreading good food at the same time. Amen. Amen. So. Okay. Everybody hear that? Okay. We will need deliverers and we will need to, all the items for the food to be delivered by Tuesday. So. Amen. Amen. I think that is it. I think that is it. <clears throat> There's a possibility next month and I haven't confirmed it yet but that's kind of what we discussed but uh, uh, a lot of part of next month which is May brother Javier Jimenez will be making his annual trip to Vermilion South Dakota Amen. Amen. and as far as I know I, I, I heard a rumor that brother uh, Tony Skinner and his wife will be accompanying him Amen. brother Tony Skinner wants to visit our church and uh, so we'll see if we can't get him to expound too while he's here he's a, a good brother a, a fine man of God so they will be coming and that's what we discussed so we're looking forward to that and of course uh, in the month of June for the Robert Longshore's camp meeting from the 22nd to the 24th and then uh, at the beginning of July we haven't really uh, solidified the dates but in July the first part of July Lord willing brother Timothy Longshore will be coming ministering to us for or five days so once that is established the dates then we'll announce that but I think that's pretty much everything we have trying to remember anything else I think that's it so let's kind of put that in the back of our minds the Sunday school class can be dismissed Hallelujah. And the rest of you are here, so. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. It's good to see everybody. Everybody bring their Bibles? Yes. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Open them up to the book of Genesis, the beginning, chapter 17.
it's beautiful <clears throat> to understand certain uh, teachings in the scripture and what was obviously uh, practiced and and this morning we're going to talk about uh, circumcision or the covenant of circumcision and when you when you read the scripture and you, and you go through the scripture everything that was uh, was given to God's people from the beginning all the covenants that the Lord ever made with his people Obviously, every time he made a covenant, when they engaged in, you know, what we refer to as an agreement or a contract, and back in the Old Testament, they always seemed to, the agreements back then, the covenants back then, kind of served as a type and shadow of the New Testament covenant, even though it was uh, the the commandments and the way that they uh, enacted or, or, or came into agreement as far as that covenant was concerned was a little bit different than what we believe now but they all served as a type and a shadow if you know what I mean and uh, and it's it's pretty amazing what we what we can come to see and, and everything even about uh, when we talk about the covenant of circumcision, even in that is contained a type and shadow of the New Testament covenant. So it's pretty awesome it served a purpose. Not just back then, but for us now. Kind of pointed, it pointed up ahead. But when you think about it, every time, and, and when you study dispensations <clears throat> in the dispensational period, and I think, I think we studied that at one time, here in every dispensation, the Lord has a specific commandment for His people. They were to follow that specific commandment, and there was all those consequences to the, those commandments. And when they broke those commandments, judgment always came. But there was a specific commandment given to those people. That's how they were to serve Him. So you follow that in every dispensation. Of course, seven dispensations is always there was always a you know the way the Lord spoke to His people and how He wanted them to serve Him obey him live for him and all this so everything kind of in a sense it, it it all the all those agreements that he made with people they just kind of in a sense uh built up went from one one faith you know because faith is believing in god isn't it faith is believing in god they went from one faith to another faith and all those all those different covenants basically they were when we think about them they all served a purpose they were, you know, they, he added on. He added on to each covenant until we come to the point of the New Testament and the covenant that we have. So they were a covenant that was added on. And uh, Paul kind of, in a sense, mentions it because he goes, he said, we go from faith to faith. In the book of Romans, faith to faith. So we understand that all served the purpose. All, all led us in, and when we, when we follow God's, Commandments. Am I dead already? Oh yes. Well, it's a good thing I have a backup. Thank you. 
when we when we obey God's word, that's all the Lord wants us to do. When He instructs us, when He commands us, gives us a certain commandment, when we obey God's will. That's all we have to do. Obey. We're not to question. We're not to ask why. We're just simply supposed to obey. Because once we obey and we enter into that covenant, that agreement, we're going to find out when we enact that agreement, that agreement with Him, what is the conditions of the agreement we're going to find out are going to be able to be executed in our, in our relationship with Him. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yes, yes. Ooh, so that's why it's good for you not to question, just obey. Amen. When you obey, then everything is going to, we always use that expression, it's going to fall in place. <laughs> and here's the thing. God is a covenant keeper. He's a promise keeper. And every covenant comes with promises. They come with promises. So you and I are not serving the Lord in vain. Because even the, co the covenant that we're, amen, that we have with Him right now, amen, there's so many things about this covenant. And, and uh, if we obey it, we're going to find out God is going to be true to His Word, those promises, okay? So let's start. We'll just start, and I just, uh, Genesis 17, it's going to be a, a little bit of a lengthy reading if you don't mind. I'll do the reading, you just do the listening. Follow along. We'll, make, we'll do it that way. <clears throat> In 17... One, it says, and one Abram, if, if, you, if you pay close attention here too, uh, how, the, the, how he's referring to, and we call him Abraham, but at one time his name was Abram. I'll bring that out later. Abram. Okay? When Abram was 90 years old and nine, 99 years old, the Lord appeared to Abram, and said unto him, I am the Almighty God. Walk before me and be thou perfect. Be thou perfect. Uh, is it, you know, if we want to do a little expository teaching, even the beginning right there, he tells Abraham, walk before me and be thou perfect. So when you take a look at that word, perfect, right away, our human minds conjure up a, a definition of perfect. Right. <laughs> Nothing compared to the word of God. Our understanding, when we talk about perfect, that's somebody that comes, is in a place of maturity intellectually yes. and even spiritually doesn't mean that you're so perfect that you're so perfect. Amen. You don't make mistakes. That's not what that means. It means you're, you've, uh, you've come to a point in your life where you have a, you're, you're manifesting a level of maturity and understanding. Amen. And so he says, look at, look at, if, if you notice that, why is it referred to in the same verse that he talks about the age of Abraham being 99 years old? And then he tells Abraham, walk me before, walk before me and be thou perfect. <laughs> 99 years old. Yes. What he's saying, 
to Abraham, he's saying, walk before me, and B, your response to me should be in such that you're going to exemplify the maturity that you are right now. 99 years. How many of you, how many of you, what would you, what would in your life, and of course, some of us are, uh, you know, we're, we're up in age more than most of you in here. But everything that you've ever experienced in life, all your experiences, everything you've gone through, guess what? It, it should be a learning experience for all of us. Yes. We learn certain things. Right. We've learned, you know, what it is to go through a certain, you know, circumstance or situation. And then we evaluate, go, wow, I don't want to experience that again. So what do we do? We make adjustments. Right. We say we're not going to do that no more. So we make some changes. That's maturity. So obviously, can you imagine right now the Lord saying, I'm approaching you right now, so I want you to respond to me according to the level of maturity that you are right now in your mind and in your spirit. Woo! <laughs> are you getting that? I just, I have to take a little detour. But we're coming back on to the main road now, so we'll, and I, I won't charge you for that. That's a freebie right there. So he says that, he says, I will make my covenant between me and thee and will multiply thee exceedingly. Now look what the Lord is telling him. I want to make a covenant with you, between me and you. And I will multiply thee exceedingly. And Abraham fell on his face and God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant is with thee and thou shalt be a father of many nations. Neither shall thy name any more be called Abram, but thy name shall be called Abraham. And if we want to be technical about it, if we want to be technical about it, because, you know, the way they translate it in the King James Version, Abraham, it should be Abraham, H-I-M. And the only reason why the, the I-M is, is, a, is, a, is the part of the, you know, the, the, the name or, or name that is given to him, the surname, that is in relationship to God, in, Elohim. And so that's the way it should be rendered, but they spelled it Abraham. So we see that. So we said, uh, so he says, Thy name shall be, <clears throat> shall be Abraham, for a father of many nations have I made thee. And I will make thee exceeding fruitful, and I will make nations of thee, and kings shall come out of thee. So you see the nature of this covenant. You see what the Lord is promising in this covenant. Okay, and he says, I will establish my covenant between me and thee and thy seed after thee and their generations for and look what he says, an everlasting covenant to be a God unto thee and to thy seed after thee. So it's an everlasting covenant. In other words, it's a covenant that's going to continue to go on. Amen. So he said, and I will give unto thee and to thy seed after thee the land wherein thou art a stranger. All the land of Canaan for an everlasting possession. I will be their God. So there's the promise of the promised land. Now, like I said, when we want to kind of do some expository teaching, when we, when we take a look at it, of course he's promising Abraham the land of Canaan. So he called that the promised land. Of course, we all know about that, don't we? A land that flows with milk and honey. Yeah. So he promised him that possession. Did you realize this? 
that was literally a, a, a physical or geographical location. So we understand that. Of course, Israel is the land that he is speaking about. So we see that now. And obviously, it's true because look who's, who, look who's over there in Israel right now. All his people. Okay? So, so here's the thing. If God promised him that and it came to pass, now here's the other part of it. God is even giving that promise to us of the promised land, and we like to equate that to finally coming the day when we're going to leave this world and go into eternity. Yes, that, that's part of it. But you know what he's talking about? The promised land is where we are right now. Amen. Everything that we have access to right now, where we are right now, living for God. Amen. The promised land. Yes. Because there's some things that, of course, the Lord wants us to be able to live a good life. And bless us with substance. And all these things that he's promising Abraham. So I just, I wanted to bring that up. And so he says, and he says that for, uh, for an everlasting possession and I will be their God. Okay. So then he goes on. He says, and God said unto Abraham, thou shalt keep my covenant. Therefore thou and thy seed after thee in their generations. This is my covenant. So he explains to him the covenant. He, if we want to say that, you know what? What's involved in the covenant? He explains all of that to them. Then he says, this is my covenant now. This is the covenant that, I, that I'm going to make with thee, which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. And every man child among you shall be circumcised. Now, this is the covenant. And obviously the covenant of circumcision. That's where circumcision came from. That's why the Jews were so uh, adamant about, amen, obeying that covenant that, you know, the, the Lord made with their, their forefathers, their forefather Abraham. That's, a, that, that's why they were so adamant. That's why they were so religious about the covenant of circumcision. Amen. So you see that. And ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin, and it shall be a token of the covenant betwixt, betwixt me and you. And he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you, every man child in your generations. He that is born in the house or bought with money of any stranger which is not of thy seed. He that is born in thy house and he that is bought with thy money must needs be circumcised and my covenant shall be in your flesh for an everlasting covenant. Now, now here's, here's a stipulation now. that This is the reason why we keep the covenant. He says, And the uncircumcised man-child whose flesh of his foreskin is not circumcised, that soul shall be cut off from his people. He hath broken my covenant. So the uncircumcised was cut off from the promises that God promised Abraham. You weren't going to inherit the promises if you were not circumcised. Now that's every male. Of course, we just read that, didn't we? Yes. Every male. So when we study the nature of this, this uh, the nature of circumcision, the, you're going to find out when you go into uh, studying the Hebrew, and you're going to find out that the, there's two words that are used for for uh, uh, when it talks about circumcision and to circumcise, the first word is 
and I'll try to pronounce as best as I can. I, I try to write all those little symbols down and make sure I say it right. Na-mal. Na-mal. N-A-M-A-L. Na-mal. Circumcise. That means to clip. When you clip something. Alright? To cut. Or, you know, circumcise. The other word is mal. It's spelled M with a little symbol over it, U-L, and the pronunciation is M-A-W-L, so mal. And that means to cut off. Amen. To cut. So in other words, circumcision, of course we just read it, every, every male child eight days old was to be circumcised and to circumcise the foreskin of his private member. Okay? That was the covenant that God made with Israel. And so every, every, person, every person that was bought with money, they had to be circumcised. Any strangers that came into the fellowship of any Hebrew had to be circumcised. If they were bought with money, and if they became part of the Hebrew people, they had to be circumcised. The age, you know, if they weren't circumcised when they were a baby, if they came in in, in later life, they, when they circumcised, they said the age limit when the beginning was 20 years old on up had to be circumcised. So think about that. Every male had to be circumcised. So we understand that. And of course, the stipulation of every person that is not circumcised shall be cut off. You were cut off from the promises of God. So let that sink in a little bit. Okay? Let that sink in. And uh, <clears throat> the physical act of circumcision was introduced by the Lord as a sign of the Abrahamic covenant. That was the sign of the covenant that God made with Abraham. The sign. So therefore, when Abraham obeyed God and he did as he was commanded, he was circumcised. Of course, uh, Ishmael and Isaac and all his descendants were circumcised uh, immediately. And then, of course, when any child after that that was born was circumcised the eighth day. It was a sign of God's gracious covenant. Of course, we just got done reading that, didn't we? Amen. Promises that God gave to him. So that was a sign of that covenant. So every person, every male that was circumcised, that was a sign that this covenant was obviously enacted. It became a binding, a binding covenant or a binding agreement, a binding contract with God. So once they were circumcised, that covenant, the covenant relationship began. So God was able to minister his promise to his people. That's that's amazing, isn't it? So remember that. When we enter into a contract with him, a covenant with him, which we have, all of us in here, we enter into that covenant with him, and guess what? It begins when we submit ourselves to his covenant. It begins. So right now, guess what? As a result of you submitting yourself to the covenant of the Lord, guess what? You are 
you are going to receive a inheritance a spiritual inheritance Amen. what's the word I'm looking for when someone when certain things build up it starts out you know and it builds up and when it comes to the point and and, and, and when it comes when all these things are added on to it it comes in and it's in its man it's, it's awesome so we think about the covenant that's Begin with Abraham all the way up to the New Testament. Now all these promises of God are built up. Is it a legacy? Well, not a legacy, but what? Well, kind of like a, yeah, like a crescendo, but it all builds up. So all these promises that God promised Abraham and going all the way up from there, all these promises, all these covenants that were made, guess what? Here we are in the New Testament. So, so even, even those promises, like he promised when he spoke to Moses and them coming out of Egypt, going into the promised land. All those covenants that you see, all those things that he promised God's people, guess what? We're entitled to those promises. We are entitled. Are you listening to me? All you young people, listen to this. You are entitled right now. Serving God is not in vain. So when you engage in a, in a relationship with him and you keep that covenant, you are entitled people. Yeah. In other words, God says, hey, I'm going to take care of you. Yeah. I'm going to watch over you. I'm gonna, as long as you keep my covenant, man, guess what? You're going to receive the promises. Yeah. And see, that's the part that sometimes we don't really realize and understand. We don't even think about. That's probably one reason why, because uh, here's, here's Paul talking to the that, you know, in his day, and he was saying that, uh, be not weary in well doing, for in due season you shall reap. Amen. <laughs> so, everything that you go through, living for God, all your efforts, you're going to be blessed. Yes. That was something to see when I walked up yesterday, yesterday, and they were chilling out there. I walked up, Brother Dan, we were, stand, we were standing talking, I told Brother Dan, Matt, for whatever reason, I really like the smell of dirt. <laughs> that dirt, when you dig it up and it comes to you, you smell. I like the smell of dirt. You know. But you know what? Your labors are going to be rewarded. We have to put forth a little effort, like we did yesterday, or I'll say you folks did. You plant that seed, and you're going to see it germinate, you're going to see it grow, you're going to see the fruits. But you have to put forth a little effort. In order for that to be possible. Yes. Same thing with God. We have to put forth a little effort in our relationship with Him. Amen. The covenant promises. We just have to put forth a little effort. You know what that effort is? Obeying God's word and His will. Amen. And then when we do that, guess what happens? Here it comes. We're going to reap. He said, if you sow to the flesh, you shall of the flesh Amen. What do you say? Reap corruption. corruption, decay, death. But if you sow to the Spirit, ye shall of the Spirit reap life yeah. abundantly. So you think about it. Our vision was a sign of God's gracious covenant. It was the outward expression of what was in the heart. You think about Abraham, and I say this, here comes the Lord, and, and Abraham 
obeyed his word and said, Abraham, get out of Ur. Get away from your family, your kinfolks, and I'm going to show you a, a land. I want you to follow me. Abraham did not know any details as of yet. The Lord said, just, he said, I will show you, just, just follow me. So the Lord began to lead him, and he led him out of Ur. And he was going on the word of God. He was going on the promises of God. The Bible says he was going. He didn't know where he was going. He just obeyed God's amen, his word. Can you imagine that? So why, why would you think Abraham would, would come to the point of just saying, okay, Lord, I, I believe you, I understand you, and I, and, and I, I, I will obey. Did you, did you realize something? What makes us do something? Of course, there's a lot of answers to that question, but I'm going to tell you something. If you really believe in something, if you really, amen, love the idea of something, you're going to submit yourself to it. Everything that you invest in, whether you realize this or not, guess what? You, you are investing in something, and obviously it's always tied to your human emotions. Yep. So obviously Abraham must have understood what was going on, but he must have felt something about the Lord. He must have felt that, hey, you know, this, this, is, this is something. I don't really know the details about it, but I love what I feel in my relationship, my conversations with the Lord. So obviously, amen, the Lord's influence hit Abraham in his heart. So you know what he did? He began to exert his emotions, his love for God. And see, that's what the Lord does with us. How many of you love the Lord? Amen. And if you love Him, you're going to serve Him. You're going to put your trust in Him. You're going to believe His Word, His promises, if you love Him. When you think about it, our, our whole uh, existence as a people of God, you know what He says? Jesus said, uh, if you love me, keep my commandments. And my commandments aren't grievous unto you. So you think about that. They're not grievous. His commandments aren't going to in any way harm us. But rather his intent to us is good. Nothing but good. Praise God. So that's the realization of our relationship. And we, so many people have used that expression over the years. Covenant relationship. Covenant relationship. That's where it comes from. So obviously this covenant when enjoined. Alright, well, let's go there. Let me just, let me go a little further. Let me explain. So you can understand where I'm coming from. Ah. Let's see. Where am I going? Uh, Deuteronomy. Chapter 10. Uh, thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Chapter 10, let me see here. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse number 16. And it, look what it says. <clears throat> verse number 15, we'll back up with it. It says, Only the Lord hath the delight in thy fathers to love them. And he chose their seed after them, 
even you above all people, as it is today. So the Lord delighted in us. That's why I feel special. I know a lot of people don't really love me. I'm talking about worldly people. They, they don't appreciate the people of God. They don't appreciate us. But guess what? We're loved. <laughs> Somebody delights in us. If we're not special to some people, we are to God. And Because he delighted in us. He looked down upon us. He said, man. And here's the thing. He said, I love you with an everlasting love. In other words, his love will never wear out. Right. <laughs> Regardless of how, amen, difficult we can be. Amen. So he says that. He says, only the Lord hath had a delight in thy fathers to love them, and he chose their seed after them, even you above all people, as it is this day. So look what he says. Circumcise therefore the foreskin of your heart and be no more stiff necked. So it's not just the outward. It's what takes place inwardly. Circumcision was the outward sign of the covenant that was enjoined. Of course, there's other reasons why circumcision. We'll talk about that here. But it's not just the outward, but it's what happens inwardly. This is the way we should feel about our Lord. Circumcise, he said. Circumcise, therefore, the foreskin of your heart. And be no more stiff-necked. Hallelujah. <laughs> My wife, every time now and then, she likes to sleep with a lot of pillows. It's just the way she loves to sleep and pillows on her side of the bed. Me, I just need a little flat thing. I just take off all the pillows, throw them off the bed. Put my head on a little flat thing. That's sufficient for me. I used to tell my kids I was used to sleeping on my saddle blanket and my saddle. So that's why I'm used to sleeping like that. On the hard ground, I don't need a soft bed. I need a good firm bed. But my wife likes to prop up all those pillows and she'll lay there. Once in a while she'll wake up and she'll, sometimes she'll say, that, geez, I think I put too much pillows in there. She'll get up and she'll, her neck will be stiff. Stiff-necked. Praise God. How many of you are stiff-necked? How many of you have woken up stiff-necked with a stiff neck? Praise God. We can be that way sometimes. We can be difficult. Ooh, wake up with a stiff neck. That, that's uncomfortable. That's an uncomfortable thing to feel. Amen. But that's what he spoke to his people. Uh, Deuteronomy 30. <clears throat> Let's go to Deuteronomy 30. And uh, verse number uh, 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul and that thou mayest live. Wow. Circumcise our heart that we can love him. 
Man. Here's the thing about this love. This love transcends any other so-called love. Feelings, emotions. And, and you know, we talk about the love of God, of course, agape, the deepest love a person can have, because there's all filio and sorge and, and all those, all those, the, the love that we have for our children, our, our spouses, all that, that's what I'm talking about. Filio, sorge, uh, all those different kind, kinds of love, but there's the agape love. That agape love transcends all these other loves. Yeah. And, and if you have a Agape love, guess what? That love is going to even help you with all the other levels of love that you have. It will even improve that love. So that's why it's important for us to have a good relationship with the Lord based upon love. I'm here because I love Him. I love Him, so that's why I'm here. Praise God. That's why I'm serving Him. I'm here because I love Him. So that's what He says. He says, I, and the Lord thy God will circumcise thine heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thine heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest live. Okay, so we, we see how important it is. Let's go to one more scripture verse. We've got to move on. One more scripture verse in the uh, uh, book of Jeremiah and chapter 4. Jeremiah chapter 4. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Let me see here. Jeremiah chapter 4. Verse number 4. It says, Circumcise yourselves to the Lord and take away the foreskins of your hearts. Yes. Woo. Amen. Ye men of Judah and inhabitants of Jerusalem, lest my fury come forth like fire and burn that none can quench it because of the evil of your doings. So circumcision wasn't just an outward thing, it was in, an inward thing. Mm -hmm. Something that had to take place inside. Because that, you know what? Here's the thing now. What makes our relationship more meaningful with the Lord? Yeah, yeah, in a sense. But what makes what makes our relationship more meaningful with the Lord? Love. 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 Yep, that's that's it. That's that's the answer I'm looking for. But guess what? It's our love for Him. Because He loves us unconditionally. But here's the thing: sometimes our response, our reaction for Him. Sometimes we don't really exert that true emotion of that love. Remember that. And so he's talking about here in verse 4, circumcise yourselves to the Lord. We say this quite often. Everybody that's married in here, you know what I'm talking about. Our relationship with our better halves are based upon the relationship, our feelings, our emotions going both ways. Reciprocal. 
Huh? It's not a one-way street. One person cannot love the other person, and the other person doesn't love one the other person. It doesn't work that way. You both have to love each other. So that's what I'm talking about. So if God loved us, which we know he did, he loved us. Amen. He delighted in us. So guess what? We need to delight in him too. Amen. So that, you know, circumcision of the heart. My. Okay, so we, we took a little time to talk about that. And I hope, I hope you understand. Circumcision. What, what we're talking about in circumcision. Okay. Here's something amazing when you go back into the book of Genesis. and uh, <clears throat> Of course, there's, we're, we're just highlighting, uh, you know, uh, we're, we're kind of summarizing, we're highlighting the, the high points, I guess we could say. We could explain it that way. But there's so much about this that if you really want to go on and do a, a deeper study of it, you can and you would be surprised at the things you find out. Praise God. But that's the goodness of God. Okay? So he says this. Uh, what, was, what was one of the things? He said, this is my covenant in verse number 10 of Genesis 17. This is my covenant which ye shall keep between me and you and thy seed after thee. Every man child among you shall be circumcised. Ye shall circumcise the flesh of your foreskin. It shall be a token of the covenant. So he goes on to say that. And so here's the thing. Um, when he speaks about that, and of course you go down into verse number 12, he that is eight days old shall be circumcised among you. Eight days. Eight days. Eight days. Everybody say eight. Eight. Why was it the Lord gave this specific commandment concerning circumcision and he said eight days? Yeah, that's that's a good point. That's a good point. The greatest immunity. There's something to that. Uh, go with me to Leviticus chapter 12. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. Okay. And look what it says. In verse number 1, And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, saying, If a woman have conceived seed and born a man-child, then she shall be unclean seven days, according to the days of the separation for her infirmity shall she be unclean, and in the eighth day the flesh of his foreskin shall be circumcised. Eight days, or seven days, <clears throat> shall be unclean. All the stress of childbirth and what happens. So seven days was a day given that, you know, that child had to come through that first week after the birth. Seven days, he was unclean. Unclean. And the eighth day, he was circumcised. Of course, here we come. Here we come. The immunity. Immunity. Health-wise. And if you ever study circumcision, when you go back, I, sh I should have noted that, but I didn't this morning. If you ever study circumcision, it goes way back 
goes back to other civilization, civilizations. And, and you know, for, for them, the reason why they circumcised a child on the eighth day was because they believed it was for health reasons. And they use that word to, like, to cleanse or to, uh, what, what's the word I'm, I'm saying? When, when, you, when you clean an area that has been sterilized. sterilized. There you go. <laughs> to sterilize. Of course, and then we have what they say, being unclean seven days. So they would let that, the child go through, that male child go through that period of seven days being unclean. Then the eighth day, here came the circumcision. He was circumcised. He was circumcised. Okay? So that's something interesting, isn't it? Now, when you think about this, you know what the, you know what the Jews refer to this as? If, if you study, if you study uh, uh, Jewish customs and, and circumcision, uh, and what they refer to it, you know what they call this particular day? They call it and they, this is what they call it. And they call it the uh, eight-day sun of blessing. The eight-day sun of blessing. So in other words, when it came to that eighth day, and the whole reason why, of course, you know what? He just stated to Abraham concerning that covenant. So in order for them to in joining that covenant, they had to be circumcised on the eighth day. Did you realize there was a time window to the circumcision? As long as that child was circumcised, of course, in the Hebrew days, it went from what? The evening to evening. So before the sun set on that eighth day, that child had to be circumcised. If they went past that circumcision, guess what? They forfeited the blessing. The eight-day blessing. Amen. So it was important for them. It, was a, it began to be a custom and such that the Hebrew people looked up to it. They looked forward to that because that was an important day in the life of their little, their little child, their son. And so when they talked about it, the eight-day Son of blessing. When they came to that day, they realized this was an important day for that little child. It was a festive occasion. And so they prepared themselves for this special occasion. Their son was going to become a son of Israel. Wow. Yeah. Amen. Yes, he may have been the son of the Rebenoenses, but now he was going to become the son of Israel. He was going to become, amen, a inheritor of the Abrahamic blessings. So the eight-day son of blessing, when you can be able, listen to that now, the eight-day son of blessing. My, my, my. Son of blessing. Okay, here's a custom. Of course, we talked about the Hebrew word for uh, circumcision. Uh, Na'amal and Mal. 
the person that came to circumcise the child, he was called, of course, the circumciser. He was a circumciser. He came to perform that task, that operation. They called it an operation because it was an operation. Okay? So he came to perform that task of circumcision. And, of course, uh, the, the Hebrew word is M-O-H-E-L. And I always thought it was pronounced Mohel. But it's not pronounced Mohel. That letter H takes on a different kind of pronunciation. It's called Moyle. So the Moyle would come. The Moyle would come to circumcise the child. And so, like I said, it was a pretty special occasion, a festive occasion. Everything was prepared. They prepared a table that the family can uh, take part of. Amen. And the food that was prepared, of course, was kosher. But it was a celebration that their son was going to become the eight-day son of blessing. He was going to become a, a son of Israel. So it was a very a, a special occasion to them. So they prepared for it. And so when they were preparing for the circumciser to come, amen, they, it had to be done before the sun come down. So they were always watching for him to come into whatever wherever they were located. When he came, he would perform that sacred ceremony of circumcision. Think about that. Something that was looked upon very seriously. Okay? So he would come and then he would he would engage amen with the family and when it was time to circumcise the child the child was laid before him and there he was and he uncovered the child and then he began his amen his his sacred task of circumcision. But what he would do was he would take a, a cup of wine was poured out to the circumciser. He would take, they would pour out a cup of wine and put it down in front of him. And so before he began his task of circumcision, he would take that cup of wine and he would take a drink of that cup of wine. And he would put that cup of wine down. And then he would take his right finger, his right finger right here, and he would take his finger and he would dip it in that cup of wine and he would take it and place it on the lips of that child. And as the child began to, you know, his tongue would come out to be able to taste that wine, he would take another finger, dip it back in that wine, and then he would touch the tongue of that child. So that child would taste the wine. So you think about that. Circumciser. A beautiful custom, a beautiful ceremony, and, and amen, for that purpose to become the, the eighth-day son of blessing. But that all was a foreshadow of the New Testament covenant that the church was going to enter into. You see how the Lord spoke in His Word, and you go there, in Isaiah chapter 52, 
and you go there in Isaiah 52 and you see this and, and, and uh, he talks about this, the prophet Isaiah, and he says this, uh, we've read this, I'm pretty sure you've read this uh, numerous times, but he says in verse number one, awake, awake, put on thy strength, O Zion. Put on thy beautiful garments, O Jerusalem, the holy city. For henceforth there shall no more come unto thee the uncircumcised and the unclean. Amen. So we see God always reinforced, amen, the, if we want to say it in that way, the act of circumcision. That was important for us to understand that nobody that was uncircumcised could not enter into, amen, the presence of God or even, even the sanctuary of God. We're not permitted in the congregation if you were uncircumcised. Amen. Praise God. You had to be circumcised. You have to be circumcised to be, to be and to belong to the congregation of Israel. Wow. Amazing, isn't it? Amen. So you think about that. And <clears throat> you, you go into the New Testament, if you want to go there with me uh, in the book of... Uh, did you realize that Jesus was circumcised? <laughs> he was circumcised. He had to he had to obey his parents had to obey the Old Testament covenant because he was born he was born in the Old Testament covenant. He was born in that time. So obviously, amen, you see that uh, amen and when that happened and uh So you see there in uh, the book of Luke chapter 2 verse number 21 and when eight days were accomplished for the circumcision of the child his name was called Jesus which was so name of the angel before he was con conceived in the womb. So there it was at his circumcision of course his name was called Jesus. So he was circumcised. And of course, they presented the offerings that they were commanded to uh, to offer for circumcision. And the Bible says that, uh, Amen. In verse twenty-four, to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord: a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And so we see that he came and he was circumcised. Why? Because he was born under the Old Testament covenant. Whew. Wow! Amazing. So you see that, and, and you see, hallelujah, how the, all that was done, and how the, all that took place, and and then you realize how important for it is what it was for him to obey even. Now go with me into Romans chapter 15, and, and verse number, uh, let me see here. Verse number 8, it says, Now I say that Jesus Christ was a minister of the circumcision of the truth of God. Amen. He was minister of the circumcision of the truth of God. Look what it says. To confirm the promises made 
unto the fathers. That the Gentiles might glorify God for his mercy as it is written. For I shall, for this cause I will confess thee among the Gentiles and sing unto thy name. So he came to confirm those promises. He came to confirm it. In other words, guess what he's talking about? We just read him in, in Exodus or Genesis 17. We just read about all those promises. Now here's something. I, I want to point this out. Here's something. How many of you, when, when we talked about Abraham, Abraham's name, why was it? I, I wonder how many of you are wondering if you read Genesis 17 and you wonder when the Lord introduced that covenant to Abraham and said, Abraham, I want to make this covenant with you. I'm just paraphrasing. I want to make this covenant with you, Abraham. So he explains, amen, the, the covenant. He tells Abraham, this is, this is my covenant with you. As long as you obey and you keep my covenant and you are circumcised, these promises are given to you. Now, in that promise, when he promised him, this is what he did. He promised him, he said, your seed are going to be like the sand on the seashore. And as the stars up in heaven. So we have two things he's talking about. Your seed shall be like the sand on the seashore. And as the stars in heaven. So this promise didn't just cover the, his, his people, his, the Jewish people, which represented the sand on the seashore, his promise covered, like he said, as the stars in heaven for multitude. In other words, not just the Hebrew people, but the church. Yeah. The church. Amen. So these promises were given to both these people, and that's what, that's what Paul's talking about here, to confirm the promises given to the fathers. And that even the Gentiles will be heirs of that promise. That's a good thing to know, isn't it? Mm -hmm. We're heirs of that promise right now. When does the promise end? Does anybody know? Ooh, there's no end to the promise. Well, when we're raptured out of here. When we're raptured out, when we're raptured out of it, excuse me, that's the end to the promise. So in other words, that promise that covenant is still a bind remember he said everlasting right. it will be an everlasting covenant yes. Yep. Yes. amazing so you think about it okay so here's the thing when when the lord came to abraham and said abraham i want to make a covenant with you he said but from this moment on abraham from this moment on guess what your name is not going to be called Abraham. It's going to be called Abraham or Abraham. So there was a name change. Abraham's name was changed. Huh? Abraham means exalted father. Abraham, oh, no, Abraham means exalted father. Abraham is exalted father. Abraham means 
father of many nations. And not only, not only that, Sarah, Sarah or Sarai received the name change. He said, Sarai is no longer going to be called Sarai. Her name is going to be called Sarah. Wow. You know what that means? You know what, you know what her, her name Sarai meant? Anybody know? It means dominative. Or the dominant one. <laughs> and when you read the whole story about Abraham, guess what? Abraham basically did everything to please Sarah. Huh? <laughs> and even when it came down to his error, guess what? He, he took Sarah, Sarai's advice and said, hey, maybe Hagar will be the one. But God said, no, from your loins and from her, from Sarah. So obviously she, she was the dominative one out of, the, out of the two. She dominated. But God says, no, nope, no longer. We're coming to this covenant. Guess what? Her name's not going to be called Sarai anymore. It's going to be called Sarah. Why? Well, I'm going to get my glory. And she shall become a princess. Because that's what Sarah means. A princess. So all you ladies, guess what? When you take on the name of Jesus, you become a princess in the eyes of God. That'll give you a good reason why to walk out here with your head lifted up. Praise God. Now you can call her princess. My princess. Amen. But when you look at that, when you look and see, now go into, so he says, he came to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So we see that he came to confirm the promises made unto the fathers. So he was the minister of the circumcision of truth. He came to confirm. So look, look what Paul says here in Colossians chapter 2. And we're, we're all familiar with the scripture verse. But it's beautiful. And you see this. What he says here. That uh, when it comes to the new covenant. Of course this is an ongoing covenant. We know it's a. Oh the, uh, that's what the word I was looking for. Progressive. It, pro, it, it, it went on and it grew. So it progressed. A progressive covenant. So we see that. And so we see here in. In, uh, in uh, Colossians chapter 2, verse number, uh, well, let's start with verse number 10. It says, And ye are complete in him, which is the head of all principality and power, in whom also ye are circumcised with the circumcision made without hands, in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So he was king. He was the minister of the circumcision of truth. He came to confirm. So the circumcision of Christ is buried with him in baptism, wherein also ye have risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. 
So water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ is New Testament circumcision. Yes. It's amazing, isn't it? Here we are when we talk about the covenant of circumcision and the eighth day son of blessing. My, my, my. Takes on a whole new meaning, doesn't it? Yeah. When we understand. So what does that mean? When you come to that point in your life when God is moving and that covenant comes before you, don't waste your time. Yeah. Don't waste your time. We're going to have a water baptism after this evening, or this afternoon, this afternoon service. So uh, <clears throat> hopefully Sister Lisa, and, uh, no, we'll see if John comes, but he'll be here this afternoon. But uh, after service, we'll be baptizing out and back. So when we're done with service, if you want to stick around for the water baptism, we'll, we're going to be doing that. We're giving, letting that water heat up a little bit. We stuck a heater in there, so it won't be too cold. But thank you, everybody, for coming. We'll see you at 2 o'clock. God bless you, and have a good two-hour break here.